Hey, this is podcast producer Bobby Richards. And do you know the big reason why more than 300 of last year's unicorn startups use HubSpot? It's because no software keeps you better connected with your teams or your customers, so you can crush all your goals. HubSpot Sales Hub brings you that power in an easy-to-use platform. With 360-degree deal management and real-time reporting, you'll get accurate windows into every inch of your business. And with AI-powered tools like ChatSpot, you'll have a dedicated assistant that knows your business inside and out. So trade cold calls for warm leads and get on track for your best Q1 yet. Check out HubSpot Sales Hub at HubSpot.com sales. Goals are tricky. They're hard. They come with a lot of pressure. So we wanted to talk to an expert. And so I got to talk with Michael Hyatt. He's the founder of the company Full Focus and the author of Your Best Year Ever. He's been a friend of StoryBrand and Business Made Simple for years. And we think there's really nobody better when it comes to goal setting. And today he's going to help you and me avoid five goal setting mistakes as we start this new year. Hello, Hero Maker. Welcome to the Marketing Made Simple podcast, powered by StoryBrand and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, where we believe your marketing should be easy and it should work. I am your host, Dr. JJ Peterson, and I am joined by my co-host, April Sunshine Hawkins. Hi, April. Well, hello, JJ. And hey, Hero Maker. So, JJ, I'm curious if you feel any of these feelings that I'm feeling right now. I feel all your feelings. Okay, thank you. I'm very you. empathetic. Thank you. Uh-huh. you ha- I haven't even told you what they are yet, <laughs> and yet... But I can still feel them. You can feel them. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> so uh, right now, it's the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling a whole lot of pressure mm. because, you know, New Year's resolutions, they're a thing, and I have parts of me that go... April, we're not going to make any New Year's resolutions this year, right? And I'm like, no, but like New Year's resolutions are so good. And they're like, no, 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 no. Because when we make New Year's resolutions, you know what happens, April, right? And I go, what? wait, what happens? And they're like, you put a ton of pressure on us to make the goals happen. <laughs> Do you have any of these parts of you? Any, no, any? I don't. Okay. Not All those. Right. Okay. Not those, no. Okay. Well, I'm sure there are some hero makers out there listening that feel these same pressurized parts. But yeah, that's. I, I think that goal setting is hard for people for different reasons. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. goal setting hard for you in any way? Or are you just like a champion? <laughs> I think I have learned over the years how to set better goals. That is so I would say goal setting used to be very hard for me because I would be very aspirational and so really set unrealistic expectations on myself. Like, uh, let's say it was in the getting healthy space. So it'd be like, I will not eat any sugar and I will run every day this entire year. Well, that's not actually practical for me. (laughs) And so, like, I've learned over the years not to set things too high, too out of my reach. 
I've also needed to set specific dates and stepping stones to get to those goals because if I just do these huge, massive goals, I'm not going to do it. And so uh, I would say these days I'm I'm pretty realistic when I set my goals. I, I take time and New Year's resolutions, all, all that stuff. I really take the time and say, what do I have control over? What are the steps I need to take to get there? And how – and then also with that, like where do I want my life to be, say, a year from now? And the goals really are – are in that space. So it's kind of like, where do I want to be a year from now? What are the goals I need to set to get there? And then how do I practically do that in order to reach them? So I don't make a huge list of like New Year's resolutions or goals. I pick two or three. And those really all help me move towards what I'm going to do. Where I used to do, I'm going to do an entire page of goals for this yeah. year, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, I'm going to do everything under the sun that yeah. needs to be done in every area and aspect of my life to make my life just truly optimized. No, 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 no. I mean, just even hearing you talk has these parts feeling a little bit more calm <laughs> and grounded. And really, you know, that's what I want to be in that space as well. And I want to be leading these parts that feel all of that pressure in a way that is compassionate (laughs) and in a calm manner, like what you're talking about, because really a lot can get stirred up whenever it comes to goals. I mean, like last week on last week's episodes where we talk with Ashley Menzies Babatunde about how whenever you set a goal and then uh, life does not go according to plan and you're like, but wait a minute, that's the only plan I had and like how things crumble and then what you learn from all of that. It's all a learning process. We are going to experience things like that in our lives. But on the other hand, we also need to set some sort of goal so we have some kind of direction. And there's so much research behind setting goals, right? You can read so many different studies, but there was a study by the University of Scranton that said people are 10 times more likely to achieve New Year's resolutions than those who don't actually make them. So, you know, when you're sitting down and you're trying to figure out like, oh, I'd like this year to be different. Well, if you don't actually make a resolution around it, you are 10 times less likely to actually change your actions and move forward. So if you want to change something or you want to reach a goal, writing it down actually helps you do it. And one of the surprising statistics to me was that 46% of people who make resolutions actually achieve them. Wow. Now, that's less than half, but it's actually higher than what I thought it would be. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so writing it down, there's and there's research around like the more clear you are. I know that's shocking for people who listen to this, <laughs> this podcast, but the more clear you are with your goals and the more specific they are and the more achievable they are, the more likely you are to ultimately reach those. And that's for personal. And it also goes for business as well. There was a study by the University of Texas that said entrepreneurs who remain persistent with their business efforts and really set goals and continue to challenge themselves are going to actually achieve more and grow more in their business. So there's a lot of study around personal goals. There's a lot of study around business goals that when you make them and you make them well, that it actually will not only benefit you, but it will benefit your business, your family. And in our case, when we're really talking about being the guide for your customers, the more your business grows, the more people get to engage with your products and services and their lives are better. Goals are tricky. They're hard. They come with a lot of pressure. 
pressure. And I think a lot of us have learned a lot over the years of how to do them better. And there's a lot of research behind it. We need to make them. We need to make some goals if we want to grow. If you just want things to stay the same forever, then no, don't make any goals. <laughs> which, which that may be the season That's you're right. in, you know. That's but, right. But for most of us, we actually want to keep moving forward and keep bettering ourselves, bettering our business, and hopefully bettering the lives of our customers. So because this is a challenge for me, and I know it's a challenge for other people, Hero Maker, maybe you're one of those people out there. We wanted to talk to an expert. And so I got to talk with Michael Hyatt. He's the founder of the company Full Focus and the author of Your Best Year Ever. He's been a friend of StoryBrand and Business Made Simple for years, and we absolutely love Michael and his team. And we think there's really nobody better when it comes to goal setting. And today he's going to help you and me avoid five goal setting mistakes as we start this new year. But you could really do this process any time of the year. People are struggling out there that are listening right now because they're all thinking, okay, it's the beginning of the year. I'm a business owner. I want to make my marketing easy and I want to make it work and I want to create goals around that, but I'm struggling. What are some of the mistakes that you see business owners make all the time? You you had a great video on this, so that's one of the reasons why I'm asking this question right now. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me on. I, I would say there's really five key mistakes that people make when it comes to goal setting. And this is actually how I structured my book, Your Best Year Ever. And that's that's my best-selling book because apparently people want to learn how to, to set goals. But where I start in the book and where I started in that, that video that you saw is kind of a thinking problem. And that is we let our limiting beliefs define the scope of our goals. And the, the problem is that we all, including me, we all have limiting beliefs. And oftentimes we're unaware of them, but they actually shape our reality because if you don't think something is possible, then you're not even going to try it or you're going to sabotage it. So you've got to be able to identify those limiting beliefs. Sometimes they're limiting beliefs about the world. Like, for example, somebody might say, you know, I, I can't succeed in business right now because we're on the cusp of a recession and the economy's not great or whatever it is. You know, and I can remember back in about 2009, we were in the middle of the Great Recession. And, you know, I was trying to manage a, a large publishing company. I was the CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishers at the time. And my executive coach came in in July of 2009 and she said, so how does next month look? And I said, man, it looks fantastic. I said, I, I think despite the recession, we're on track to hit our budget. Everything's good. So then she comes in in August and she says, so how did July turn out? And I said, not great. She said, what? She said, last month you were so confident. And I said, well, consider the fact that we're in the middle of a global recession. Maybe you've heard. And in, in addition to that, the book publishing industry has been turned upside down with digital publishing. And if that weren't enough, now we've got social media upending traditional media, and we don't really know what to do with it. We haven't, turned, we haven't learned how to turn this into marketing yet. So we've kind of had this um, threefold tsunami that's hit our business. And she said to me, she said, okay, but, and then she asked me a really important question. She said, what was it about your leadership that led to these results? And I said, what? <laughs> I said, this has nothing to do with my leadership. I just got done explaining to you these sort of macro factors that were impacting our business and why I think we missed last month. And so she was very patient and 
She took a deep breath and she said, but what was it about your leadership? And clearly she wasn't getting through. So she said, well, let me ask it another way. If you could go back 30 days before, and if you could change the way you led, what would you do differently? And so I said to her, I said, well, I, I think I would have met in a stand-up meeting with the sales team every day. Mm. And I would have made sure that we were pacing to achieve the month. She said, okay, great. What else? I said, I think I would have gone on that call with the sales team to Walmart because I think as the CEO, I could have made a difference there and they would have bought more. And she said, okay, what else? So I gave her two or three more things and she smiled and she said, okay, so what you're telling me is that it is about your leadership. And she was right because I had this limiting belief that all the problems were out there. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I can't affect out there. I can only take control of what I can take control over. But it was a great lesson on how these limiting sort of global beliefs can impact the way that we plan and the way that we set goals. They can be a limiting factor, which is why we call them limiting beliefs. Sometimes those limiting beliefs can be about other people. You're like, well, the market's shifted. They're not buying this thing that we sell anymore. They're not buying it like they used to. It could be limiting beliefs about ourselves. You know, maybe we just don't think we have what it takes. We don't have the right experience, training, contacts, education, whatever it is. But those are all limiting beliefs. And if we're going to be successful, particularly in goal setting, but even more importantly, in goal achievement, we've got to become conscious or aware of those limiting beliefs. And we've got to transform those intentionally and deliberately into liberating truths that actually could become, not to be too cheeky, but the wind you know, beneath our mm -hmm. wings and enable us to really soar and achieve our dreams. Oh, I love that. And it really is all about awareness. It's like noticing it when a limiting belief has popped in and going, oh, hello, limiting belief. Like, <laughs> I, exactly am, right. I am aware that you are here with me right now. How can I transform this into a truth and something that's within my control, something that I can move forward with? And I would say that language is the principal access point for thinking. So if we listen to the language that comes out of our mouth, which is very difficult because we're usually talking and we're preoccupied with where we're going and we don't hear the actual words that we say. So if I were to say, for example, well, I'm not sure we can hit that goal because retail traffic is down or consumer confidence is down. Okay, we've just revealed, but first of all, it may be rooted in fact, but it doesn't mean it affects us. But that language is an access point. Or like we may say, well, I can never imagine growing more than 15% a year. That's a limiting belief because there are plenty of businesses that grow more than that. So our language belies our thinking. And one of the most helpful things I found, April, is to give our teammates permission to call us on that. And we have a funny thing that we say at Full Focus, and that is if you give a limiting belief, then we say, well, if you say so, because... If you say so, there's a reciprocal relationship between your language and your thinking. Mm -hmm. And you can program your thinking with your language if you're not careful. So be careful what you say about the future. So become self-aware, tell other people or give people permission to call you on it. Sometimes if I'm facing an obstacle, maybe I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm thinking about accomplishing a goal and I'm fighting some resistance internally. Well, write down your thoughts. What is actually going through your head Write it in all its brutal, raw form, and then you're in a position to begin the process of transforming that into a liberating belief or liberating truth. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. 
Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. By learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science helps you gain the tools and confidence to do the same. Recently, in episode 174 titled How to Actually Hire and Delegate, Bonnie Christie joins the conversation. Bonnie is an artist turned business owner with a team of eight, and she talks with Jay through how to calculate what she calls your freedom figure. She also talks about the right time to delegate, how to delegate, and how to create SOPs, your standing operating procedures, all so you can buy back your time as an entrepreneur. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. What's another mistake that people are making as they are trying to set these goals? Yeah, these are kind of, these first two are kind of the pre-planning mistakes. But the second one is uh, failure to complete the past. And all of us had things that happened in this last year and this current year as we're thinking forward to planning for this next year that were disappointing, maybe sometimes devastating, maybe sometimes amazing. You know, it could be the full range of things that we experienced this last year. Because the one thing we know for sure is that even the best laid plans don't go exactly according to plan. So sometimes things go off the rails. Sometimes things don't work out like we hope. But what I don't want people to do is to drag the worst of their past into the best of their future and sabotage themselves so that again, they limit what they think is possible. And you see this all the time. You know, when, you, when you're sitting at a meeting and people say something like, oh, we tried that before and it didn't work. Well, yes, and we can learn from that and we can be informed by that. But was it the same set of circumstances? Was there a variable there that didn't work? Maybe we were ahead of our time. Maybe it will work this time. Or maybe we weren't at a level of organizational maturity where we could pull that off. And now maybe we can. So you've got to complete the past and you've got to, and I think that really starts with acknowledging the past and refusing, particularly if you're in a position of leadership, marketing leadership, it's really important not to gloss over the past and try to, you know, paint the, the pig's lips with lipstick. You know, you've got to be honest because your team will see right through that. And, and so if you're trying to put too much spin on that bad thing that happened, like you missed a sales target or you, uh, you didn't achieve what you hoped to achieve in a marketing campaign, you've got to acknowledge that, but you've got to move on. So you've got to create another context for why that failure can be useful, not excusing it, not dismissing it, but how it can be useful. So for example, I had a client who uh, ran a really big campaign in August and they do this campaign every year. And so she came short of the goal by about 7% and she was devastated. Mm. And she was having an all team meeting the next day. And she wanted me as her coach to kind of prepare her for that meeting. And clearly she was spiraling emotionally. And she said, how can I stand up there? We missed the goal by 7%. I was so confident when we began. I said, we have a choice here. And I learned this from Dan Sullivan. We can either measure the gap or we can measure the gain. So the gap is 7%. And by the way, that does need to be acknowledged. You need to stand up front of your team, be very honest and say, look, this was our goal. This is what we achieved. We missed by 7%. And I hate that because I love achieving goals. And I hate that we missed it, especially by just 7%. Now, here's where we go back and measure the gain. 
but we were 36% ahead of last year. But you have a choice as a leader. You can focus on the gap or you can focus on the gain. And a lot of leaders, particularly leaders that tend to be a little bit perfectionistic, or maybe if you're an Enneagram One or one of those kind of personalities that you're a real stickler for the details, you might get in the gap, that 7%, and totally demoralize your team and yourself. So you've got to acknowledge it. It would be disingenuous to just gloss over it. Eh, forget the 7%. You know, let's just focus on the fact that we gained 36%. That doesn't work either. You got to do both. So you've got to complete the past by acknowledging the gap, but really camping on the gain. And one of the things that I recommend in the book and elsewhere is to do an after action review. And so this is a real practical step. Most organizations don't do this. We do it after every major initiative, after every significant meeting, after every event. And it looks like this. It's a simple two-by-two matrix. So think of four boxes on a sheet and think of the acronym KISS, but it doesn't mean what you think it means. So what do we want to keep doing? That's the K. What do we want to improve next time we want to do this? What do we want to stop doing that we don't think really had much value? And what do we want to start doing? So that's K-I-S-S. And if you'll just get a team together and work through that, you don't even have to do it in order. Just whenever somebody has an idea, put it on the grid, capture it, because that's what makes you better and makes you able to iterate and get better the next time you do it. So great. So if our, one of our listeners out there, let's say they went to a trade show recently and they had trade show marketing materials and they had a one-liner, then they just felt like this trade show did not yield the results that we hoped for. Instead of being like, trade shows don't work for us. Yes. It is a, oh, let's do the KISS model real quick yep. and let's talk as a team. And let's figure out what are we going to keep doing? What are we going to stop doing? What do we, you know, all of these things that you've talked about. And this is something that we can iterate on and learn from and move on. And if we try it two more times, then we might say trade shows really aren't for us because yeah. we've iterated three times. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's that's a perfectly legitimate conclusion. But you've got to go through that, that process because there may have been something simple that you missed that if you could add the next time or subtract the next time or multiply the next time, it, it would make all the difference. And trade shows may be the very vehicle that you need to succeed. So you can't quit too early. But, but you also, as a leader, I think one of the, the most important gifts that leaders bring to their team is the gift of perspective. And if you have a failure and your hair is on fire because of it, and you can't sort of process that through some kind of grid like I'm talking about, then, then you're going to be seen as a very unstable leader and it's going to destabilize your team. And one of the things that teams need more than anything is calm, confident leadership. And that comes from perspective, giving people perspective, what worked, what didn't. Not everything's, you know, all unicorns and rainbows, but at the same time, it's all not all gloom and doom. And it's usually a mix. And your job as a leader is to kind of suss that out and help people realize it so that you can improve. And the last thing that you want, April, is for your team to be afraid to set big goals for the future. Okay. So we kind of talked through some pre-planning mistakes. What's next in this process? What are some mistakes that happen next? Yeah. The next biggest mistake is people don't design the future. And I can't tell you how many coaching clients I've had that, that are running fairly large companies that uh, don't do goal setting. And the alternative to designing the future is just drifting into the future. 
And nobody drifted to a destination they would have chosen. You know, when you're drifting, you're ending up in bad places. My wife and I had been married for about five years and we decided to go on vacation in Hawaii, but we didn't have any money. You know, we had enough money to get there. We had enough money to get a rental car and get a hotel room, but nothing for entertainment. So we found out that the hotel was giving free snorkeling lessons. So we learned how to snorkel. They took us out on the reef. It was amazing. So the next morning, we decided we're going to rent the gear uh, because it was super cheap for the week. And we're just going to you know, spend the week snorkeling. So we went to this little lagoon that was adjacent to the hotel. And it was like early in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. We started paddling around in the lagoon. We were blown away, totally captivated and distracted by what we saw. And we weren't paying attention to where we were. Well, we got caught in a riptide. And the next time we looked up, we had been pulled out far to sea. I, I, I don't oh, know how no. far it was, but the hotel looks like a postage stamp in the distance. And so we swam as hard as we could for about 45 minutes and drug ourselves up on the shore. And we didn't go snorkeling for another 20 years. I mean, yeah. it was that dramatic. <laughs> but the point is, you don't drift to a place you would choose. You drift to bad places. And so people sometimes get results in their business that they don't like. And, and the question to ask is, well, did you have a plan? Because without a plan to succeed, what you really have is a plan to fail. So you've got to set goals. And there's a whole strategic planning process. But just on the goal achievement part of it, you've got to set goals. And they need to be, if you're going to give yourself a strategic advantage, they've got to be in the right format. So I recommend following the SMARTER acronym. We've all heard of this of SMART goals. Mm -hmm. I've taken that and kind of biggie sized it. So they need to be specific. The more specific you can make the goal, the better. So if you're launching a YouTube channel, well, I would be really specific about that. What kind of YouTube channel? You know, if you, if you can be specific about what kind of content that you're going to post there or who the audience is going to be, the more specific you can be, the more concrete you can make it in your mind, the more likely you are to pull it off. Then it needs to be measurable. Set metrics. The important part is not setting something you can hit, but set, setting something so that you know where the target is. You know, if you want to start a YouTube channel and if you want to get, say, a thousand subscribers in the first 90 days or a hundred subscribers in the first 90 days, go ahead and put that in the goal so you know what the target is. What are you aiming for? You know, and if you, if you don't achieve it, then you can process it like we did in the last uh, mistake. Then third, what you want to do is it needs to be actionable. There needs to be some action that you're taking. So I suggest that you start every goal with an action verb, not a to be verb, but an action verb. Then from there, you're going to want to make it, and this is where I depart from the conventional model. You don't want it to be realistic. Realistic goals are overrated. Mm -hmm. In fact, realistic goals, believe it or not, based on the goal achievement research that we've done for the book, that I've done for the book is makes it less likely for you to achieve the goal. You need a goal that is dialed up so that it's risky, so that it commands your attention, so that it captures your imagination, so that it motivates you to take action. But you gotta be careful with this too. You want the goal in the discomfort zone, but you don't want it in the delusional zone. Mm. So the trick, and this is an art, it's not science, but is to dial the goal up. I dial it up to you know where I'm just right at the edge of the comfort zone, and then dial it a few more clicks so that it's in the discomfort zone. And the way to tell if it's in the discomfort zone is if you start feeling a sense of fear or uncertainty or doubt. You know, I might fail with this goal. That's great. Awesome. You want to go where you might fail because you're not going to pay attention like you need to if it's not that risky. If you're feeling uncertain, like I, I don't really know how to get from here to there. 
phenomenal. That's going to require innovation. It's going to require deep thinking. It's going to command your best effort. Doubt. You know, I'm just not sure I've got what it takes to pull this off. That's awesome. Great. So you'll probably get expertise. You'll probably get outside help. You're exactly where you need to be. If you feel those emotions, you're in the discomfort zone. So S-M-A-R, risky. Mm -hmm. And now T, it needs to be time keyed. There's got to be a deadline on it. Habit goals are a little bit different animal when it comes to personal things. But that's why I say time keyed as opposed to just a, a time or a date. But yeah, there needs to be a deadline. And then here's where I add to the SMART framework. It's got to be exciting. If the goal is not exciting to you, if it just feels like something extrinsic that's being imposed upon you, it's something the boss wants me to do. It's something the board expects. It's something when it gets to personal goals, it's something my spouse wants. It's something my parents want. No, it's got to be something you want. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be personally exciting to you. What would this mean for you if you accomplished this goal. My wife likes to say, uh, people lose their way when they lose their why. So mm. you've got to find your why and get connected to it intellectually and emotionally so that you can get through what Don Miller calls the messy middle. And then the final uh, R in that smarter acronym is it needs to be relevant. It needs to be relevant to this season in your business. It needs to be uh, relevant to the environment that you're operating in. You've got to be thoughtful about that. It's got to be relevant. It's got to be related or relevant to the other goals you have. You know, you may not have not each goal as you look at it may not be in the delusional zone, but altogether it's more than you could reasonably accomplish. And it isn't in the delusional zone collectively. I love the R switch to risky and I love it that it's paired with the E. It's got to be exciting. <laughs> we got to we got to be pumped about this in order to be motivated to do it. Otherwise, why do it? If we're just not excited about it. So we've got a couple other mistakes that we've got to go through. So hit us with the last two. Okay. Uh, the mistake that people make is they don't identify their why. So this is a little bit related to that exciting one, but this is where in the book and uh, in the live event that we do and everything related to your best year ever, we dive deep into this. You've got to get an articulated, expressed set of why statements. And we encourage people literally to come write as many as they can, why they should do this. What's at stake if they achieve it? What's at stake if they don't? And then to prioritize those first, second, and third. I go into a lot more stuff, especially the science part of this in the book, but I'll leave it at that for the sake of time. The fifth mistake people make is that they don't actually execute or they don't come up with an action plan. And there, there used to be this teaching, I don't think it's that prevalent anymore, although I saw this lady just pop up, this sort of idea of the law of attraction. You know, that if I just set the goal, now I can sit back in self-driving mode, kind of like a Tesla, and it's just going to drive me to the destination. No, that just doesn't work. You've got to execute. There's got to be the planning part of it. I, I think visualization's good. All that stuff's good. But you've got to take action. Now, here's the important distinction I would make, and then I'll be done, is that if the goal is in the discomfort zone, the next actions, particularly the, the first actions need to be in your comfort zone. And the reason for that is if they're not, you'll procrastinate. So comfort zone actions look like making a phone call, sending an email message, sending a text, buying a book, doing a little bit of research on Google, something super easy that gives you a sense of momentum. And I always say, contrary to the eat the frog first philosophy, I say, no, 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 no. 
Start with the easiest thing first. Like when I write a book, I don't take the, the chapter I dread the most to write it. I take the chapter that's the easiest. In fact, the first few days, I might just write the table of contents and the dedication and the copyright page, anything to get me off the, the starting block and feel like I'm in motion. Love it. Love it. So you've obviously given some great tips on how to overcome these mistakes in goal setting. Here we are at the beginning of 2024. And of course, as I was going through your Instagram grids, noticing this your best year ever, this relaunch of your book, where can people go to get this re-released amazing edition of your most popular book ever? Well, let me say, too, that we've expanded the content by about 30%. New stories, new research, new application. We've learned a lot since that book came out. But you can find it at yourbestyeareverbook.com, yourbestyeareverbook.com. And there will be links to all the major retailers. And you know the drill by now. Buy the book, come back with the order number or the receipt, plug it in, and we will give you a couple of bonuses that I think are, are really amazing. One is goal setting at any stage of life. So whether you're an empty nester or you're newly married or you're single or whatever, we've got some advice with a panel that we did where people just gave their best advice for goal setting at that stage. And then secondly, you can get a discount coupon of 15% for the Full Focus store, which we have our Full Focus planner, the Full Focus journal, all the products that we sell at Full Focus. Incredible. Okay. Well, Michael, so, so, so appreciate you being the guide in this space because you're helping people overcome those limiting beliefs. You're helping them figure out how to move forward whenever failure has happened in their past. You're helping them define things and get excited about their work and really live the kind of life that they want to live. And of course, we at StoryBrand and Marketing Made Simple, we want our listeners to be able to make their marketing easy and make it work. And they're going to be able to do that by setting really great, clear goals that they can be excited about. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for your work. And let's hang out again soon. Sound good? Awesome. Thanks, April. Appreciate being on. Michael, thank you so much for helping us all avoid those goal-setting mistakes and truly have our best year ever. And Hero Maker, we are going to go right into our actionable step. It's the way that we apply everything we learned from this week's episode in a practical way. You can take what you learned from today's conversation and immediately use it to shape your business, your life, and your marketing. For today's actionable step, here's what I want you to do. I want you to create a smarter goal, like Michael talked about, a smarter goal for your marketing. I want you to create one marketing goal that follows the framework. And so I want you to make it specific. I want you to make it measurable. I want you to make it actionable. I want you to make it a little risky. I want you to make it time bound. And here's actually the thing that I want you to focus on the most as you're dreaming up this goal for this year. I want you to make it exciting. What would be exciting for you to do in your marketing or for your marketing to do for your business? What gets you excited? excited and motivated. 
And then also you want to round it out by making sure it's relevant. So you've got that smarter framework that Michael talked about. But for the purposes of this actionable step, I really want you to think about an exciting goal for your marketing this year. What's something new that you could do? What's something that would create some dramatic results? What's something that actually pushes your boundary a little bit and you could get really excited about and maybe even if you have a team, get your team excited about? What is a marketing goal that could really propel your business forward that would be exciting. So take the time to sit down and dream up this goal for your marketing. It might be around leads. It might be around a new video. It might be around social media. It could be around anything, but really sit down write it down. We talked about in the opening that when you write it down, there is so much research around the idea that this will help you achieve it at a higher level. So write it down, make it exciting, make it follow the whole format of measurable, specific, actionable, risky, time-bound, and relevant, but make it exciting. Let this be the year that marketing gets you even more excited than ever. Because when you get excited, excited about your marketing. It means you're going to be excited about talking about your products and services. It means you're going to be excited to get more collateral out there and connect with more people. And they're going to get excited about your product and service, which ultimately means that they're going to buy your products, they're going to solve their problems, and they're going to become the hero of their own story. That's what makes you a great guide. And that's what makes you a hero maker. And as you are preparing to write this exciting new marketing goal, if you are feeling stuck in what to do or how to do it and trying to figure out how to apply the story brand framework into your marketing, you can hire a story brand certified guide to help you out and help you accomplish this goal. Just go to marketingmadesimple.com to hire a guide that will show you how to clarify your message and create marketing that works. Now, that's the end of today's episode, but tomorrow, April, you are going to come back and do a deep dive on how this conversation with Michael really impacted you personally and how you took this information to the next level. Let me team up with my partner, my husband, Brent, and let's go through the kiss exercise. I mean, we kiss a lot, but like, you know, like the kiss <laughs> exercise, the keep, improve, stop and start that exercise that Michael talked about today with me. I wanted to do it with Brent. And so in this deep dive, we're going to just see what came up for us and how you can really utilize it yourselves. I love it. I love that you're even setting more goals through this process, even though it's scary. And I know our hero makers are going to learn so much from that. So tune in tomorrow to the deep dive where April really talks about how she took this process and right away began applying it to her life. It's very exciting. Very cool. Well, that's all for today's episode of Marketing Made Simple. Thank you so much for listening and believing like us that your marketing should be easy and it should work. Follow Marketing Made Simple wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you found this episode valuable, please rate and review the show, letting us know how these tips help you clarify your message and grow your business. We'll see you tomorrow.